Alright, I think we are live. So, hello friends and welcome to the Original Gamers Podcast. My name is Joel Watt, otherwise known as Obi-Watt Kenobi. Patrick is not here this week. That's why I'm hosting, because this is my game. And joining me as always is Nolan Brown. Say hello. Hey, everybody. Yeah. And filling in, or filling the third spot this week is Nathan Davis. Say hello. Hello, everyone. All right, cool. So um, this week we are talking about Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, one of my favorite games from my teenage years. And, but before we get into that, what has everyone been up to? Nathan, you're the guest, so you get to start. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Gaming-wise, I've been experimenting a little bit with... Uh, with gaming on Linux, it's a that's an interesting experience. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a lot easier than it used to be because cool. Steam is now on Ubuntu and most of the other Linux platforms, and there's over a thousand games on the Steam now that are Linux compatible. And so, awesome. and it's it's not all just indie games either. Some of it's AAA titles like Borderlands 2, CSGO, and pretty much all the Valve titles. Okay. Oh, wow. That's cool. Awesome. All right. Anything so, else going on? Anything well, cool or interesting? Linux and just like regular, because I'm not, I don't know about such things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, my my second brother uses Linux on his laptop, and I just think he's crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we are a little bit crazy, but you know what? We don't have to pay a hundred bucks for Windows either. There you go. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't have to worry about every little plugin, and I've I've been using Windows for twenty five years, so I'm very familiar with its ins and outs and how to get things working. Touche. So, anyway, um, Nolan, what have you been up to? Um, well, if you all can't tell, based on the uh, smooth sound of my voice, uh, I was sick last week. Um, and while I am feeling better, I still sound like, well, this. So, um... For the most part, though, last week, uh, let's see, what was I doing? I was playing a lot of Monster Hunter. Just hmm. more more teaser videos for Monster Hunter World came out, so I'm just like, yes. Well, yeah, there's an MMO it's, coming up, right? Yeah, it, and it. Yeah. what's funny is it's coming out on the Xbox One and PS4 first, and then on the PC later, which I found funny that it's not all at the same time or something, but... uh. So I'm very much looking excited, looking forward to that. Like that's probably the biggest thing to come out of E3 this year that I'm most excited about. Strangely enough, um, yeah, I wasn't excited so, about E3 this year. Eh, there there wasn't a whole lot. Like at least nothing new per se that I was excited about. There was like other stuff that I already knew was coming out that looks cool, but yeah. yeah. So I was playing a lot of that, and then um, just kind of goofing around on Steam. 
I uh, I got Final Fantasy four on that, so I was like, so I played. I, no, I started to play that, and then other things. I don't know. I haven't. Pl I didn't play much this week, unfortunately. But, oh. Like I said, I was sick. Right. I really didn't do anything. But, yeah. yeah, being sick is no fun. Yeah. Like sometimes you can be sick and play video games. A lot of times it's as you as you become an adult, like being sick is not fun. You just <laughs> want to die. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really just like this is a way to be doing so many. So so anyway, I've been playing Breath of the Wild nonstop, and just today my 2DS XL came in, so I was setting nice. it up in anticipation of uh, later today when I'll be playing some uh, what's the one A Link Between Worlds. Oh right, so right. I already have like four or five games for it, and uh, yeah, and. Oh, what happened this week? I am skipping out on an event tonight to do this podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Once a month at at church, the the ladies have uh, a, an event on Monday night, and as the tech guy, I'm supposed to be there doing tech stuff. Um, but I I have one of my volunteers covering for me. I was like, you know, because because I think the last two times uh, the event was happening, I had to skip out on OGC. I was like, no, 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 no! I can't do that. It's my game. Like, I have to be here. <laughs> because I haven't played this one either. I played the first one, but not this one. Oh, you never played this? Oh, it's on no. Steam, bro. You gotta get it. I know. On Steam, it's at that Star Wars pack. That's like every May Fourth, it goes on sale. Like, it's totally worth it. You know, you get like eighty games for a hundred bucks or something. It's amazing. Eighty games for a hundred bucks. Yeah. But I don't know if I could hold 80 games, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to download them all at once. Oh, well, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think I have, like, three games installed on my current PC because I just don't play Steam games as often as I should. Because I no. have Nintendo. Because <laughs> I have Nintendo. What else? Why would I play Why? anything else? Why would I get anything else? Right? Right. <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah, besides Breath of the Wild, that that's, uh, but I played this game a lot. I played Jedi Knight a lot as a teenager, and probably till I was about nineteen or twenty, mm -hmm. I was still playing it. And that would have been in oh three oh four. For those of you who are curious, those and, uh, drag it home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. It's it would. Um, we can talk about it later. Um, so let's get into the details of this. This game was developed by LucasArts and published by LucasArts. May they rest in peace. Mm. Indeed. I feel I feel really bad that Star Wars 1313 got canceled because that game looked right. Amazing. That looked amazing. Right. That, like, like uh, to be able to play a bounty hunter in the underbelly of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. It just like, sounds fantastic. open world Star Wars, like Assassin's Creed Star Wars. Who doesn't want that? Right? Right. That's I mean they did exactly. Assassin's Creed Lord of the Rings and look how well that has worked. They've already got two games. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Yeah. I want uh I, there was rumors a couple years ago of a 
open world Star Wars game, but all they've ever done was shown a teaser trailer and I haven't talked about it since. So yeah. I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't know. Anyway, but this this game is certainly not open world. Um, no. Anyway, uh, let's let's finish up. Um, Nolan, you want to read the the next couple names? Sure. All right. So the director was Justin Chin, and the designer was Peter Chan. Yes, and Justin Chin worked on the first Dark Forces game, mm -hmm. and so it only made sense that he should move on the second to one. be the main director of the second game. Kind of was his brainchild, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. I was reading some stuff on Wikipedia earlier. And, uh, yeah. Makes sense. And <clears throat> uh, Nathan, why don't you read the last couple names? Sure. So uh, composers included John Williams, of course. Anything with a Star Wars score has to include John Williams. Yeah. Exactly. Inspired by him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Again, creator Justin Chin, and it was originally released for Microsoft Windows on September the 30th of 1997. Yes, and as I learned last week, it has never been re-released on another platform other than Steam. So it never made its way over to, say, the N64 or the uh, GameCube or any of the other consoles that might have been around later that could run this game. Which um, was really weird for a LucasArts yeah. title. Right? Yeah. Because Even I the remember... original Dark Forces made its way to PlayStation eventually. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, to have a PC exclusive game for LucasArts was very rare. Because, um, I mean, okay. even uh, I remember when I was playing this game, the other big game I was playing at the time was uh, another LucasArts title, Indiana Jones in the Infernal Machine. Yes, that was on N64, mm -hmm. right? It was on N64. Yeah. I remember that game. So, yeah. I And most of the LucasArts games that I've played were on uh, console. Um, all of the uh, the Super Star Wars games, the, uh, the pod racing game, the, the Phantom Menace tie-in game, you know, Jedi Power Battles. That was also on PlayStation. I played the heck out of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's just so weird to, and and you know because it's there are so many LucasArts games on console. I just assumed this eventually got a re-release, and I was shocked last week to learn that this is only ever on Windows. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But um, so yeah, this game is presented. Uh, it's it's definitely in the world of Star Wars, but it's like a kind of like Half Life One graphics. It's still very polygonal. The textures are, are they're not low res, but they're definitely not high res. Definitely um, not high res. In the Steam version, there are HD options for for like your window size, mm -hmm. or or even the, your full screen size. But the problem with that, because HD was not the standard at the time. Um, your HUD gets smaller and smaller the higher you go. So <laughs> you can play it at 1080, but your HUD is going to be this tiny little thing in the corner. <laughs> just like you might I as well just play it at SD resolutions. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, 
Yes, yes, NFX. It's kind of mid-res. I mean, it's it's sort of like the best N64 resolution you can think of. <laughs> right, because this was a time period when 800 by 600 was like the top-end resolution yeah. most computers could run. Yeah, like like a, a, a $2,000 computer at the time could maybe run 1440. You know, and and even then, like, you weren't getting 60 hertz. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it was this squared monitor. It was it wasn't wasn't widescreen. It was it was squared off. <laughs> I remember the the one I played it on was a 19 inch CRT that was mm. 1024 by 768. Yes. Yeah, that was my resolution for a long time. Yeah. Gosh. Ugh, I love the advent of HD TVs. <laughs> makes makes everything better. Just a little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. technically. I'm sitting in front of a 32-inch <laughs> screen, and and it's you know 1080p, and I have three windows open, and and I still have space. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just yeah, like, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, so it's very polygonal by today's standards. It seems dated, um, but the sound design. LucasArts has always had amazing sound design. I don't know if I said this in the last game uh, that when we talked about Dark Forces, but learning about the technical aspects of Star Wars, in case you don't know it, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Learning about the technical aspects of Star Wars and really? sound design is what got me into doing sound, which is part of my job now. Oh, wow. Yeah, like so I just like loved even... learning about how Ben Burt, the sound designer for the original Star Wars trilogy, was was so creative in the things that he did, and and you know the effects that he used or didn't use. You know, he took a lot of raw sounds and just mixed them together. Um, and yeah, it was really cool. Um, so the sound design on this game is spot on. It sounds like a Star Wars movie. And there's even full motion video. I think it's it's digitized oh, video cutscenes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that was a trend at the time. FMVs. FMVs. Good stuff. It was <laughs> so bad. And, and the thing is, you know, most of the time we remember the cringy FMV from the period. Oh yeah. That. Well, like some series just took it and ran with it, like the Command and Conquer series. Yeah, intentionally went super campy because oh, yeah. they knew FMV was campy. Well, but it's it's hard to pay a quality actor for for when you're doing digitized video. It's like this isn't going on a movie screen. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. But the acting in Jedi Knight was actually pretty decent. Yeah, like this could have been a TV series with with like the quality of acting and special effects. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been a TV series at the time, and you know, obviously, if if they had made it into a series, it, it could have like developed over time, and it would have gotten better. I mean, you watch the early episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and those aren't aren't the best. <laughs> what? Those are fantastic. Those are all like of the highest quality television, right? right there, there's nothing. <laughs> Better. Yeah, nothing. Nothing is ever wrong. Nothing is wrong. TV budget sci-fi. <laughs> <Never. laughs> it's the best. 
<laughs> so yeah. Um, in Dark Forces 1, the music was actually, um, obviously it was all MIDI because computers couldn't run WAV files at the time. But um, the, uh, the music was actually original compositions by somebody in-house. Um, it was just you know inspired by John, John Williams. But for Jedi Knight, they actually ripped all of the Star Wars soundtrack and mixed it into the game. Um, so there'd be like, so, so every song you hear in Jedi Knight is a real song that's part of the soundtrack for the Star Wars original trilogy, um, which I thought was interesting. Mm. So, kudos to you, sound designer, that I couldn't find the name of online. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it's okay. probably in the credits somewhere if you were somewhere, willing to Somewhere, <laughs> if I really felt like playing the credits, but I'd have to install the game first. Which, by the way, I have a physical copy of. <laughs> Do you really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah, look at that. I, I still have my physical PC CD-ROM copy of this game. This was the re-release. Oh, it fell apart. Dang it. This is the re-release that I got for like 10 bucks, like years later. So I didn't waste uh -huh. my money on the, the giant $60 box that they had back in the day. If it's in a consolation, uh, I got the same re-release there, and my CD case does the same thing every time I open up that game. Yeah. Hey, the discs stay put, so I'm not, I'm not yeah. complaining. <laughs> I don't care that the outside is broken, as long as the discs stay put. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't get all scratched up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not like Windows 10 could actually install the game. I'd have to install... XP in a in a yeah, virtual machine, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the story of this game, Nathan, you're very familiar with this. You want to explain it to our listeners? Sure. So uh, the story of Jedi Knight centers around uh, one of my favorite characters in the original uh, expanded universe, which is now Legends. Yes. Uh, was Kyle Katarn. Uh, Kyle Katarn, when we first meet him, he's kind of this Han Solo-ish character who's a, a smuggler, has his own ship. But uh, as the story develops, and without giving away too much spoilers, he finds out about his heritage, he discovers he is Force-sensitive, and he uncovers a plot to basically allow the Sith to take over the Empire, and by extension, the entire galaxy. And uh, it, basically, the story follows him slowly learning about these Force abilities and ultimately having to choose, is he going to go to the light side or the dark? And it was the, if I remember correctly, this was the first Star Wars game to really experiment with Force powers as a gameplay mechanic. Yes, I do believe so, because it came out before episode one, and I know that all the tie-in games for that movie used Force powers, but that was 1999. Mm -hmm. so, right. Yeah, this okay. was in 97. And yeah. the original Dark Forces, I believe, was a pure shooter. Yes. It was, it was Doom. It was basically mm -hmm. a Doom clone. It, yeah. it did run on a, on a custom engine, but it was a Doom clone. Yeah. And so um, 
the one thing I do remember about the story that uh, that always struck me was the end boss when you get to the end he's a little, he likes to chew the scenery if you know what mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. it was the one bit of acting in the game that was a little bit like oh okay that's a little over the top <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean again can't be acting you know mm -hmm. can't be acting FMV is the best gotta love them. it's the best oh so. it was awesome but but no it's for the time period, it was a well-crafted story. You know, yeah, I actually, um, this is also one of the first games that has, uh, well, not one of the first games, but definitely an early entry in the, um, like, choose, like, like the um, light and dark system. I know, um, was, was it Fable did that very famously. Mm. But um, yeah. there, there were other games, I think, before this, probably uh, Black and White. I think. Did you ever play yeah. Black and White? Yeah, Black and White would have been... Oh, gosh. Or would it have been the... Actually, I think it would have been the year after. I think Black and White was 98. Yeah, let me look at this. Uh... Or maybe thinking of Black and White 2. Uh, what, what year did it come out? Oh, gosh. It was 2001. Never mind. Okay. There had to have been a game before this that had a light and dark system. But I do, I, that kind of adds to the replay value of Jedi Knight is you can go fully light or fully dark or you can go somewhere in the middle. Um, the, the only problem with going in the middle is you never got fully powered. Um, and, and I remember, like, I picked, I was, I thought I was going... Actually, I didn't know about this. I, the first, my first playthrough, I went dark, but I picked like one or two light powers, and so like I never got the the final dark ability or whatever. And so the heart, the final boss was harder than he should have been. <laughs> and uh, then, then my next playthrough, I went fully light and I beat the guy in like one hit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like going light is like the better way or something. Well, no, you can beat him in pretty much one hit if you go fully dark. It's yeah. just, uh, just a visual alignment cues. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like, so we got a question in the chat. Did this game show any visual alignment cues? And it's a first-person shooter, so you don't really get to see a whole lot of stuff. Um, the alignment was just mainly, like, which kind of powers you got. So, like, you got force lightning instead of... I don't know, a really strong force push. <laughs> yeah, and I think the dark side powers were stronger. But the light side gave you this, like, shield that you could use, I remember. And that's what I used. I spammed it to defeat the final boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's been too long since I played this game. I don't remember all the exact powers. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, with dark you got uh, you got all the classic dark powers. You got force choke. You got mm -hmm. force lightning. Uh, I think the the big power at the end was called destruction, and it basically was a it was basically like having a rocket launcher in your hand. Oh, there nice. was a rocket launcher in the game, but destruction actually did more damage. Wow. Well, of course it's magic. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Yeah. When in doubt. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, light side gave you the shield, which was the only way you could get that. So you could have you could have the personal shields, which were which you always had, yeah, and would deflect blaster bolts. But then you could have an additional shield on top of that. And uh, if I remember right, there was also a healing power, which yes. uh. You know, like the first couple of ranks, you basically had to stand still for it to work. But, I know that was true in Jedi Knight Two. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that Jedi was Knight? true in Jedi Knight One. But, but uh, it could have been. It may have been. I'm trying to. Rem I may be confusing the two because uh, I played both and I played them both a lot. Yeah, I remember so. that mechanic, and I didn't like it uh, at first, or especially when I went to go replay and. Because I gotten so used to being able to heal on the go. And <laughs> I was like, no, I have to stand still. Ah! <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Jedi heal was, was a good power up to have. Definitely saved my skin more than once. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, being able to heal yourself is always nice in those kind of games. That's why I like playing those kind of characters and a lot of different things. Yeah. I don't know if this game had any real impact on the industry, or um, but it was definitely influenced by other games at the time, like Quake, and probably... Was Half-Life... No, Half-Life 1 was like 98. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe this game influenced Half-Life to, you know, try and have a really good story. And I know somebody called me out on that recently in Geeks Under Grace. I was like, ah, oh, you should play Half-Life. It's one of the first shooters to have a really good story. And somebody else was like, what about Jedi Knight? <laughs> oh, okay, like, well. Oh, well, fine then. Hmm. Uh, I do remember the, the multiplayer in Jedi Knight was actually pretty good. It was was different because again it was trying to sign to simulate the the quakes and the mm -hmm. the other multiplayers you know the thinking at the time was you couldn't have a first person shooter unless it had a multiplayer component yeah and that's still very common today and it, it was okay it was an okay multiplayer but it, it didn't have like the the frenetic action of a quake or a doom. Uh, but the ability to have force powers certainly added an interesting element to it. Mm -hmm. To be able to to be able to rocket jump and then force push someone off a ledge while you're rocket jumping. I, I can see the appeal in that. Oh yeah, That's <laughs> pure bliss. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, Nolan, you said you never played this game? I have never played this one. I played the first one, but I have never played this one. All right. To be honest, I kind of forgot that this game existed, that there was a sequel to the first one. So, that's... That's on me. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I know I put way too many hundreds of hours into this game. I don't know about hundreds, maybe about a hundred. But yeah, just playing it over and over, finding all the secrets. That that was the best part was finding the secrets, because if you found them all, 
you got an extra token or credit or whatever to use to upgrade your abilities. Mm -hmm. um, mm. It's an early example of RPG elements in a first-person shooter. <laughs> so, yeah. You never think of LucasArts as being like all that innovative because it's, oh, they just make licensed games, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, they they really did do a lot of things that we almost take for granted today. Yeah, like the, I mean, LucasArts basically they perfected in the mid '90s the the point and click adventure genre. Oh yeah, and admittedly, and this is terrible of me to say. Admittedly, when Jedi Knight came out is when LucasArts started to make its downswing. But, yeah, probably. But I think this was, I think this was one of the last major innovations from LucasArts before that downswing. Because uh, the sequels to this game were made by, were published by LucasArts, mm -hmm. but they were not made at LucasArts. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Academy were both made by Ravensoft. Yes, that sounds right. Or Raven Software or something like that. Yeah. And, and they were good games. Uh, I, I played the heck out of Jedi Academy, but uh, I remember there was such a change in tone and quality between Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight 2 that it was very obvious it was very different teams making them. Yeah, and there was only like a two-year gap between Dark Forces and Jedi Knight, and it was, again, only like two or three years between Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight 2. Mm -hmm. So, like, you would, you would expect, you know, some progression, you know, and it, but there was, the, you're, you're right, there is a definite change it's not progression it's a change in the quality and you know it's some people would say it's good others would say it's bad it's a point of debate um if you're more f used to playing the first jedi knight you would probably say jedi knight 2 was not an improvement but uh i don't know i liked them all i never played jedi academy though But, uh, yeah. So this is the second in a game series, sometimes called the Kyle Katarn Trilogy, because they kept changing the naming convention. The first mm -hmm. game was Dark Forces. The second game was Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. And the third game was Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Mm -hmm. It completely dropped the whole Dark Forces moniker. And then, and then Jedi Knight 2 had a spinoff with Jedi Academy. And even Jedi Knight had a spinoff with uh, Mysteries of the Sith. It was, uh, it would, by today's standards, it would be considered DLC content. But I guess back then, it was just a... It wasn't even an expansion pack. It was almost a standalone game, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was, it was a totally different storyline. It featured a totally different character. Uh, one of my favorite characters, again, from the EU, or Legends, uh, Mara Jade. Yes. 
That's that was the whole reason why people liked that game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, same engine, completely new story, completely new, uh, completely new plot. But uh, overall, a very nice. It refined a number of things from the original game, and I think it was, it was a good way to cap off the engine, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought LucasArts, when they, when they made these games, that they took a different engine and just, like, you know, put Star Wars skins in it. But that's not true. They actually created their own engines for these games. Uh, at least the first two. I know the third game runs on the Quake 3 engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, saw a speedrun of that at uh, SGDQ, and it was insane. Because you can do some really weird things in the Quake 3 engine. Oh, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting comment. Uh, if they don't mention Mara Jade in The Last Jedi, I'm going to cry. She's my favorite character. Uh, Jenny, you you really should not uh, hold such high standards. You, you just, just go in with no expectations. <laughs> no. You're you're probably gonna hate me for that, but who's Mara Jade? Uh, she was Luke's wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, started out as an assassin for the Emperor, I think. Like yes, she was. Uh, she, she was the, the Emperor's, Emperor's hand. hand. Yes. And um, okay. the last directive given to her by the Emperor before he died was kill Luke Skywalker, and he would do this through like force influence or something like that, he would implant the directive in her mind. And the only way it would go away is if she completed her task. And so since he was dead, there was no way for him to remove it. Um, And so for years, she had this in her brain, kill Luke Skywalker, kill Luke Skywalker. But, you know, since the Empire had fallen, she was on the run. Um, You know, she couldn't kill Luke Skywalker until the Thrawn trilogy and then she finally had the ability to kill him, but they had to work together because Thrawn was trying to kill them both. <laughs> yeah, it was really big, complicated mess. And then she ended up killing a clone of Luke Skywalker, and so the directive was completed. Lupus. And so then she fell in love with him and married him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was well, a big old go. mess. Yeah, and then and then Disney walked in and said, "No, we're not going to no, keep any of that." None of that ever happened. That's what that's what he said. None of that ever happened. It's all legends. Thanks, Disney. Just just <laughs> kill some of our our most beloved characters. The only yeah, one they brought I, back so far is Thrawn. I remember when the graphic novel version of the wedding between Luke and Mara Jade came out that that particular issue was sold out and had to be reordered for weeks before I could get one. Dang. Weeks. I never got into the graphic novels. I I have a bunch of just the regular novels and paperbacks. Um, But, yeah, never got into that. But, so... Hmm... (laughs) I never played this game online. Um, I think by the time I really 
got into it, all the servers had been shut down. Um, I know that that's a bummer. Yeah, when it when it released, I don't think I had a PC good enough to run it, and that's why I had the re-release version. Um, it's because when I finally did get a good enough PC, I I went out and got it. Yes, you could play this online. It was it was very early online first-person shooter. And it, it was hmm. good? Well, <laughs> question mark? Yeah. Uh, for multiplayer at the time, it was pretty good. Um, it wasn't quite Quake or Doom or Duke Nukem, but for online multiplayer in the late 90s, it was above average. Okay. I mean, the problem was when it released, it released right around the same time as Quake 3 Arena. And Quake 3 Arena pretty much defined uh, what multiplayer online FPSs were supposed to be during the time yeah. period. Yeah. And so the comparison always was, well, it's just a slower Quake 3 <laughs> with force powers. Yeah. Even though they don't really play alike at all. Okay. Yeah, and I know that at the time, my stepbrother, who is the other big Star Wars nerd in my life, he was really into Unreal Tournament, mm. and he played it because it. He had a, I think he had a Mac, and so he could play it on his Mac, and he was happy about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what all my friends at the time period were in into as well. When I was in high school, was. Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike Source, oh, when man. that came out. Counter-Strike Source, yes. And uh, UT2K4. Mm -hmm. And so those were the big games for them. And so that's what we played all the time. Every time we had a LAN party, it was always CSS, UT2K4, and then whatever random game everybody had a copy of. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't know that um, when you would go online, you could pick your different skins. Like everyone played the same, but you had different skins. And I always thought the Mandalorian skin was so cool. I was because he looked just like Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I've, I I, I still want like a Boba Fett game, Assassin's Creed Star Wars. Like, come on, make it happen. That, that would be so legit. <laughs> like, I, I know mean, we got the the Django Fett game. Yeah. Back in the day, that. Um, on the PlayStation, what was it called? Bounty Hunter. It's called Bounty, Bounty Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, and it was all right. I played it recently, and I was just like, man, I wish I had more modern controls because this feels really clunky. <laughs> and, yeah, you can play the Bounty Hunter class in uh, the Old Republic, or Star Wars The Old Republic, but yeah. it's just not the same. No. <laughs> not the same. I want, I want an Assassin's Creed Star Wars where I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that until it happens, by the way. I'm pretty sure I said that a week or two ago. Probably. I mean, Sounds there right. was Shadows of the Empire, which was kind of sort of close. No, that game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had a really good opening sequence because it's the Battle of Hoth. And uh, it... it I think they used the 
a lot of the same assets from Rogue Squadron. I don't remember if, if Shadows of the Empire came before Rogue Squadron or not, but like everybody was all like, oh my gosh, Shadows of the Empire's opening is awesome. And but then once you get into like the meat of the game, it's it's really bad. Really mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> and uh and it doesn't get good again until uh, you're the the ending when you're um, flying in outer space, trying to stop Prince Shizor from destroying Coruscant or something like that. Yeah. Was... Anyway, mm. so no, Shadows yeah. the Empire is not a good game. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Tell us I mean, how you there... really feel. <laughs> There's a reason that they reuse the Battle of Hoth and use that. Uh, Shadows of the Empire came out first. And so they yeah. took the, the battle sequence from the Battle of Hoth and basically used that section of the game to build. They built out the engine part of that and made it into Rogue Squadron. Yeah. And when I played Rogue Squadron, I was like, oh, this is a lot like Star Fox, but it's Star Wars. But it's not even, it's, I don't know. In some ways it was better, but I would just rather play Star Fox. <laughs> so... But I do love me a good Star Wars game, though. I need to finish Rogue Squadron. I you not? What? You haven't finished Rogue Squadron yet? No, I think I got to the fifth or sixth level. I never really owned it back in the day. So, like, I played it on my friends' consoles. And then I, uh, then, then I bought it recently and was playing it. Got stuck in like the fifth or sixth level, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." <laughs> okay, but you know, I, I have a, a large list of unfinished games on my backlog. One of these days, one of these days, I keep one saying to myself, "I'm gonna finish all those unfinished games." I don't know. I just need the motivation. Shizor was a punk. Thank you, NFX, for ju- justifying. No. That's Just not the word I was looking for. Spouting. Agreeing. For agreeing with me. Pretty <laughs> Shizor was a punk, and he went out like a punk, too, if you ever read the novel. He doesn't yeah, die he in the game. But oh. Gosh, he goes out like a punk in the, in the, in the book, and I was kind of happy, but kind of upset, too. <laughs> he should have died better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're supposed to be talking about Jedi Knight, and suddenly we're talking about Shaz the Empire. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how this podcast goes. I'm surprised we haven't tangented even more. A little bit. <laughs> mm. Um, I guess something... I guess one of the reasons this game is kind of important to me is this was the very first game I got to play in 3D. Ah. Uh, this... My family had a computer when I was younger, but it was an ancient 386. Nice! <laughs> and so, like, the type of games you could play on that were stuff like, uh, let's see, I had a copy of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Yep. Nice. And uh, I also had a copy of Master of Orion, the first one. And I had a copy of Jeopardy for the IBM PCAT. 
Jeopardy. Wow. Now, now, did you have a good enough graphics card to display full color, or was it that awful cyan in magenta? Oh, it was full-on EGA instead wow. of VGA. Nice. So... <laughs> <laughs> but uh no we uh we finally upgraded our pc i think it was fall of 2000 winter 2001 to one that had a 16 megabyte nvidia reva tnt2 and that was strong enough to play jedi knight and so that's when i got jedi knight i played it i played it over and over and over so around the same time, I also got Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. And so those were the first games I really got to play that were 3D accelerated, and it blew my mind. Yeah. I know um, a little bit of trivia I, I found while researching is uh, Jedi Knight is actually one of the earlier games to adopt <clears throat> Excuse me, the, release, the use of 3D graphics hardware acceleration using Microsoft Direct 3D. So... You probably weren't the only one that this is their first 3D game. Because I had seen I had seen games like Doom, but Doom, uh, if you've ever looked at if you've ever looked into the history of that game, is not 3D. Yeah, the game is actually 2D, and it's rendered into a pseudo 3D using a technique called ray tracing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I have looked into it. It's it's fascinating what they were able to do at the time. And uh, that's why hacking Doom on dumb things is a, is a thing. Because <laughs> it, it, the hardware limitations are very... No, hardware requirements are very low. So mm. you, you put Doom on some really dumb things, like like the Apple Watch or the smart bar of the newest... MacBook it runs at like 2000 by 100 or something like that. It's crazy. And, uh, My favorite was when they ran it on an ATM. On an ATM? I, I did not know that. I saw it on really? an HP printer with a little LCD display. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, 200 by 300 or something like that. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, the original, like on a, those smart fridges or something. Yeah, that, that'll like happen. When those right become there, popular sure. enough, somebody's going to hack their Android fridge and put Doom on it. I'm sure. Well, I mean, all you have to do to get Doom running on anything that runs Android is install DOSBox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah. Ray tracing. I know that um, Dark Forces, though it looks just like Doom, it doesn't use ray tracing. That game actually is in 3D. Right. It's... It was an actual 3D engine, which is mm -hmm. one of the ways you can tell the difference. Uh, Doom, if you've ever noticed, if you shoot at an enemy who's technically above you, but is still in front of you, you can still hit them, yep. even though you're yeah. not aiming directly at them, because it's actually 2D. Whereas in the original Dark Forces, if you try to do the same thing, that won't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You actually do have to aim up. There's a bit of auto-aim because it the controls are clunky, but uh, you do have to aim up, otherwise the auto aim doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, not in Jedi Knight: Dark Forces Two. That that had actually fully full mouse support, and uh, that's what I was going to say earlier. I forgot. Um, this is one of the first games that I played using WD 
WASD and a mouse. And this is the reason why I have so much trouble playing first-person shooters on console because I was so used to with mouse and keyboard controls for Jedi Knight that I just I can't make that transition. <laughs> so holding holding a controller in my hand and using the two sticks, I I, I am proficient, but I am certainly not good at it. So uh, you're not alone in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me. Yeah, like I know Patrick is the opposite because his first game, his first first-person shooter that he ever really got good at was Halo, and of course, that's on Xbox. Mm -hmm. So he can't transition the other way. <laughs> and since we're talking about first-person shooter controls, are you a superior human being using inverted or not? <laughs> I I'm afraid I typically stick with standard mouse look because ah, inverted uh, I get it that inverted is supposed to be like you have your hand on the character's head mm -hmm. but to me it just it doesn't feel quite natural to me that's okay some of us our brain just works differently and I've I've always had to use inverted and. Uh, I know in uh, playing Ocarina of Time, like I never even thought about the controls being inverted. And then I, I hear people that are playing it now for the first time, and they're so mad that they can't change the controls. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I'm sorry, it makes sense. <laughs> and it did at the time. Yeah. So. The only problem with that was the spindly little analog controller on oh, N64. Yeah. Yes. She's like, me. I broke so many of those controllers. I, I never broke one, but <clears throat> the one that I used a lot was definitely wearing out. And I, I, uh, I re recently replaced it. Um, do I have it sitting here? Um, okay, so... It's a side-by-side -side comparison. This is the controller that I replaced the stick on, and you can see how much shorter it is compared to a standard one that sticks out way far. Yeah. And um, this one actually feels more like a GameCube stick than, oh. than this one. And, of course, this is practically new, whereas this one is all worn out and squishy. So. But, yeah. There are replacement parts. You don't have to throw away your breaking N64 controllers. It was actually super easy. Because uh, it uses standard screws, and um, so you just unscrew everything, and you unplug one cable and plug in the new one. And because this this gray part is the housing for the stick, it's all in one housing, and I mean it's all like one piece. Mm -hmm. So it's about ten screws or so. But yeah. That's actually really surprising to me because Nintendo is usually, they're usually really big about using their special screws to make sure that you can't service your hardware. Yeah, you know what's funny is the Switch here uses both standard Phillips and the Tri-Wing that everybody hates <laughs> that Nintendo uses all the time. I think on the, on the grips, yeah, on the Joy-Con grips, there's the Tri-Wings, but on the console itself, it's got Phillips. And yeah, 
it's, so it's it's weird. Well, the difference there being that Nintendo customer service is actually pretty good. I've found, at least in my experience, I don't know about you guys, but like everything I've sent back usually is like a piece of cake. I get it quickly and it's, you know. I've never had to use the customer service because all the things I buy from them work for me. (laughs) So maybe that's a testament in and of itself. (laughs) That could be. I wear out things a lot though, so Uh, that that could be why. uh But, and I, I end up like getting like consoles that are goofy sometimes, so that's probably why too. No, but. I uh, when my NES was wearing out, I fixed it myself, and uh, and it only took thirty years for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, well, yeah. yeah, that was one big difference between uh, some of the. Several of the early Nintendo consoles, the NES is actually fairly easy to repair. There's a couple oh, of little yeah. finicky things on it. It's there's actually but... a lot of empty space inside the NES. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, if you've seen or taken apart one yourself. But, yeah, uh, I have not personally. Well, no, I had I did have to take apart mine to fix the issue where. Uh, you know, uh, when you insert cartridges a whole bunch, how the cartridges will eventually wiggle in the cartridge slot oh, yeah. on the yeah, NES? That's what I had to do. So, yeah, I did have to take off the top to tighten that up. But I have watched... Uh, uh, I watched... Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Ben Heck show. Oh, I love Ben and Heck. That's awesome. And I, I've watched him take apart NESs so many times at this point that I almost think I could do it myself. Yeah, um... <laughs> That that was actually one of the <laughs> inspirations when when my NES was wearing out. I was like, I know I could buy a replacement part, but you know, what else can I do? And like Ben Heck inspired me to fix it, just from all his many hacks. And yeah, and I found a tutorial online and was like, yeah, you don't have to replace it because those things come from China, and it would be better just to repair it actually. And so I took it all apart and bent the pins back up and cleaned them all and. Put it back together. Yeah. Once you take the the radio shielding off, it's like <coughs> so much empty space in it. It's crazy. And I don't know if that's for cooling or what, but yeah. <coughs> anyway. We've been talking for about an hour. We're kind of running out of things to say. So I guess we'll All move right. on to... The next part Sorry. of the show. Let's guess the Metacritic st- score for Jedi Knight. This is a fun little mm. thing we like to play here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we play it by Price is Right rules. Uh, that is, if you go too high, you're disqualified. So closest without going over. I think that's how they say it. Closest without going yeah. over. And it's out of 100. <coughs> you don't know how Metacritic scores. It's not um, 100. And I know the number. I found it while researching. So it's in my head and so nathan you are our guest so you go first hmm well i know what score i would give out of 100 but i have a feeling that'd be a little high so it usually is (laughs) i'm going to shoot a little bit lower 
and I'm going to say 70. All right. Um, you know, 60. 60, wow. Um, I, I know that sounds low. I'm just, like, trying to give myself a nice margin there. Well, it's actually 91. Whoa! Really? Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. So you were both way low, but you didn't go over. Um, now, this, this is based is on 10. Ever. This is based on 10 reviews, and I think they're all from the time. Um, there's... Wow, okay. Yeah, there's, there's two, three. There are three perfect scores right at the top. Goodness sake. And um, the lowest score is a 50. Um, wow, from All Game Guide. Yeah, and the guy doesn't like Star Wars, so that's... <laughs> well, there's your answer right there. There's your answer for why he gave it a 50. Because, um, see, yeah. my personal score would have been a about a 95, because it wasn't perfect, but it got a whole lot of things right. Yeah, and I mean... PC Gamer gave it a 94. Electric Playground gave it a 95. Um, oh, goodness, Electric Playground. I remember watching that. Yeah. Uh, there's some really old reviews wow. here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 91. A 91. It overall yeah, is think, a 91. I think that's the highest we've ever had. Uh, Probably. Game. At least... Review more find. Star Wars games then. <laughs> I guess so. Jeez, man. Because <laughs> most of the games that we, when we do find a Metacritic score, they're like in the seventies. Like seventy, like, yeah. I'm like seventy, sixty something. Yeah. Had a couple like, of movies. I was, I was expecting like maybe at most like an eighty or an eighty-five. But like you said, this was like right when Star when Lucas Arts was on the downswing, so they were still really good. Like, you know, they hadn't hit their low yet with all those episode one games. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, but Pod yeah. Racer, though. The Pod Racer Arcade is 10 times better than the N64 game. Yes, it's true. Because you use the sticks. Oh. I know. That was cool. Yes. It's hard, though. It is so hard. <laughs> it's very hard. I, I couldn't, I, I don't think I ever won a race, ever. I was terrible at it. I yeah I I I beat the heck out of the N sixty four game, but not the uh, not the arcade. No way. Yeah. So um, Nolan, mm -hmm. you have a game for us. I do. After All much right. deliberation, I finally narrowed it down. All right. So this is the part of the show where we play twenty questions, um, and Nolan has a game uh, that we're going to talk about next week. Uh, hopefully, Patrick is around. Or wait. I think Patrick is going to be out of town next week, right? Is he? Oh, gosh. He said he was going to be away for a while. Anyway, we're just going to pretend that Patrick oh, gonna is going to be back out next then. week. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Nolan has a game in mind that we're going to talk about next week. And we get 20 questions to try and figure out what game it is. And again, Nathan, you are the guest. So you uh, ask a yes or no question. Well, given our title this week, this one seems pertinent. Was this a exclusive for the system it was on? Uh, yes, it was. 
Okay, so last week we talked about 64. So yeah, next week, the, will be this next week is 64. going to be episode. So is this 64. an N64 game? It is, in fact. Yes! Game. 64 for the 64. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm like, I have to. You have to. You know what? <laughs> There's so many good stuff. Yeah, there are. So. Okay, so if this is an exclusive for the N64, was this a first-party Nintendo title? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, there are so many of those. Is this a platformer? No. Okay, so it's not Mario. Thought about it. Almost picked. Super Mario 64. Right? It's the quintessential N64 and game. It's like, it was the launch title. Like We've already done Banjo-Kazooie, which is a better game, but whatever. Yeah. Well, then I knew you were going to say that, so I'm like, just, I'm not, I'm going to avoid that. No, I like Mario 64. <laughs> it's just Banjo-Kazooie's better. <laughs> I know. I know. I will admit that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nathan, you got a question? Uh, let's see. Uh... Was this one a twin stick shooter? Uh, no. I, how could you do that on the N64? Sorry, that's probably not the right way to ask that question. I had a specific goal in mind, but I think I missed it. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So this is a first party Nintendo game. You established yes. that. Yes. So it's 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 not Goldeneye. No. Because that is the other quintessential N64 game. Sure. Only those two games. We've already done Smash Brothers. No, we (laughs) didn't really. Is it a fighting game? No. Okay. Was that six? Seven? Uh, That should be six. Six? Okay. Was this title a sequel? Uh, not, I, sort of, depending on how you want to think about it. Sort of. Sort of. Maybe, may, I mean. Well, would it help if I made the question slightly more specific? Sure. Was this a sequel to a Super NES title? No. Oh, okay. All right. So it's not Star Fox 64. <laughs> we did Star Fox 64. Did we? You're right. Yeah. We did. That was the first one we did. I, that was like one of the first games we did. The, yeah, I forgot. It was like in the first Zero game. Came out. Yeah, it was when, when Star Fox Zero. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that disappointment. <laughs> uh, the sadness. <laughs> I beat the story on that game, put it back in the box, and never touched it again. Um, yeah, so is this... Is it an RPG? No. No, no I wouldn't do that. So I think it may be Paper Mario, but... Oh, okay. No. no. I'm going to wait before the next RPG, I think. Mm. So, we know it isn't Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's in Paper Mario or Star Fox 64. It's not Goldeneye. It's not Goldeneye. And it's not Smash Brothers. You asked if it was a fighting game, and I said no. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's not Smash Brothers. That's the only first-party Nintendo fighting game that I know of Yeah. on N64. Yeah. Actually, I guess it was second-party because it's built by HAL. Details. Mm. Details. Uh, was this was this a Pokemon game? No. Okay, so that eliminates Pokemon Snap and both the Stadium games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I had a question, and then it got derailed. Um. N64. Is this a racing game? Nope. So it's not Mario Kart. No, I I was gonna pick that, but apparently we did Mario Kart 64. We did? Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting all these N64 games we did. Well, then I went I like went through I'm like, wait, have we done this? So I like went through the entire library of Well, I mean we have a games list. Yeah, but I don't know when the last time that was updated. I updated it last week. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did put in like 10 episodes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, because apparently Jimmy sat in for me back when like we did this on like early Saturday morning and oh, okay. I wake up. <laughs> but, yeah. So, but no, not Mario Kart 64. Well, if it's not a racing game, that means we can also eliminate the F Zero series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no Falcon Punch. No Falcon Punch. Oh, no Falcon Punch. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> uh, goodness, I'm running out of first-party Nintendo titles. Um, was this a Kirby game? No. Almost picked that though. Uh, Kirby 64 is great. It was. It was actually between Kirby 64 and this. Were the last two. Kirby 64 is one of my favorite Kirby's of all time. If not my actual favorite. But, yeah. <laughs> um, is this a Zelda game? Yes. Well, then I know which one it is. Yeah, I know. Like, the other one. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you that long. <laughs> okay. Uh, the is, which one is it? We've already done the Ocarina of Time. This has to be Majora's Mask. <laughs> yeah, it's Majora's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, awesome. How, what was yeah. that? Like 16 questions? It was getting there. It was, yeah. it was getting close. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, yeah. So, awesome. Next week, I love we'll... that game, and I just picked up a 2DS. I should probably go get Majora's Mask 3D. You should. It's really good. I already have Ocarina of Time 3D, but I I want to play Link Between Worlds first. Yeah. <laughs> it's see, I liked it because I mean I'll I'll talk about this more next week because, but uh, they did a few different things for the 3D. The 3DS version, which are really nice, but then there's a couple that kind of bug me. But like fishing. 
What the fishing was needless. We fishing, and the the new like clock mechanic, and it, I kind of like the old version more, but because mm -hmm. on 3ds it's just like a bar on the bottom of the screen. Yeah, that's right. Separated in three different colors, but I remember <laughs> the very first Twitch stream I ever did, and we'll talk about this again next week probably. Was um, Majora's Mask on N64 when the 3D version came out? Yes, I remember that because I, I, I was like, played, I it. played the whole story in one sitting. It took me like 20 hours, and Metal Gear. I was dying by the end, and I had to leave for like half an hour to go get an energy drink. Yeah, and yeah. I remember because I was like, dang, because I didn't have a car, so I couldn't just like jump in my car and go anywhere. I had to walk down to the convenience store, which is not close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would probably not. <laughs> but, depending on where you are. Yeah. So. Now, there are two within walking distance. They're just not exactly close. Yeah, it's walking not close distance. walking distance. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, cool. Yeah. So, for our listeners and viewers, be playing Majora's Mask. Uh, mm -hmm. Either version works. Um, I think it's available on the eShop also, the N64 version on the it Wii is. U. Mm -hmm. And um, you have the original, that gold uh, holographic yeah, cartridge. It. Oh, my case. Or uh, if you got it on the GameCube, you can put the. Uh, yeah. That <sighs> cool. All right. Well, so, um, so we're going to. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Nathan, since you're our guest, go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you online. Uh, you're not coming through, man. Yeah. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> okay. <All> right. <laughs> so go ahead and start uh, over. As I was saying, you can, uh, you can find me online on Twitter at, at DynamoNed. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Facebook at uh, Nathan.E.Davis. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Steam as Dynamo underscore ND. And uh, if I can throw a quick little plug out there for a little website called Gaming Tribe, you can also find me on there as myself, Nathan Davis. Okay. Right, Gaming Tribe is a social network for... Gamers of all stripes, and they do some pretty awesome giveaways. I won a nice PC there not too long ago. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I really want to thank you all for letting me come on tonight. Uh, no problem. Uh, Thanks and, for uh, coming. <laughs> it's a pleasure supporting CFG on Patreon. Oh, yes. Nathan is one of our Patreon supporters. Oh, okay. So, cool, cool. Um, Tell us about that for a minute. So uh, by supporting you on Patreon, uh, you do get access to the full-length versions of several of the podcasts, but in particular, access to everyone's favorite, Patty Plays Pathetically. <laughs> uh, you get the full, uncut stream of those. Uh, and believe me, it is worth it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I know the edited versions are usually hilarious, but Patrick, but Patrick full length can rant quite yes, a bit. Yes, and, he can. Yes, and so some of yes. his rants in the unedited version are 
amazing. <laughs> so, uh, if you do support, in particular, look up the one for another world because that one. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of salt right. that is generated in that one. You played that, didn't you? I keep forgetting. Yeah. Uh, we we talked about that on on uh, OGC, and Patrick was like, "I'm going to play this for P3," and oh my, <laughs> it's hard. Like I legit, I was like, "It's a hard game. You got to know what to do." Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> that's one of those games you really need to read the walkthrough guide. <laughs> Yeah, because otherwise, like I don't know how anybody beat it back in the day when there was no internet. Like, right? Like, th- what's funny is I know I knew where to go and how to beat it because I watched the Game Grumps play it. <laughs> so like I like remembered from when mm-hmm. they did it. And I'd go through I'm like what the heck? And then there's like those random things like how do I do this again? And it's like, and you accidentally. That is the cool part. Like when you forget and then it's like you accidentally stumble on what to do. It's like oh you know I gotta roll the I gotta have him roll grenades down the stairs or whatever and it explodes a hole in the ground or something but yeah that's right i gotta watch that because i missed him playing that i gotta watch that (laughs) (laughs) it is hilarious all right nolan why don't you uh tell us where we can find you on the internet all right you can find me at um online at most places at um, Baseman214, Baseman21491, or Icy White Falcon. Um, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh, Xbox, Steam, um, Pinterest, uh, other things that I can't remember right now. It's usually got a picture of my face in some way on there. And he's kind of like, hey, I kn- I'm a fan of the show or something. Just let me know. Because otherwise, I get random requests from names that seem like fake things. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. And anywhere you can find me on the internet, you can find me under Obi Watt Kenobi. It'd be Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, my Nintendo, PSN, Steam, and wherever games are sold. Ha! Sell your line. No, no you took my line. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not where games are sold, no. I'm not on Origin, really. I mean, I am, but I'm not. And I'm definitely not on Uplay, you little snipe. And, yes, um, <laughs> and uh, but uh, you can find the original Gamers podcast on Twitter at official OG cast on Twitch under original gamers podcast on Instagram at official dot OG cast. Uh, if you would like to listen to the audio version with music at the beginning and the end, which I will talk about in a minute, uh, you can go to, I think it's OG cast dot podbean.com. Yep. That's it. And, um, the original gamers podcast is part of Crossforge gaming so just search for Crossforge Gaming on all of your favorite social media. We're pretty active on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. Support us on Patreon like Nathan does. <clears throat> and so if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, at the beginning you would have heard, of course, the Star Wars main theme. Because how else are you going to start a Star Wars game but with the main theme? That is how this game starts, by the way, is with the opening crawl and everything. 
Sweet. And, um, and since all of the music that you hear in the game is ripped audio from the Star Wars soundtrack, there is no like final boss theme. So I just said, let's close out with the closing credits of Star Wars. You know, that you know, the whole upbeat version of the main theme, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and for watching on YouTube. Uh, be good, humans. Bye, everybody. Say goodbye, Nathan. Night, everyone. All right.